You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I just got a message from somebody, a text, who said that he wanted to move on in his life. He wanted change. I get these texts and emails and messages all of the time. People want to move on. People often feel stuck. And of course, as we've said in previous podcasts, if you think you're stuck, you are. In the same way as we've said recently, if you think you're stressed, you are. Change can come in all kinds of ways and people want change sometimes just in certain aspects of their lives rather than completely changing their lives you might want to lose weight you might want to give up smoking effortlessly different thing from most people's experience of giving up smoking you might want to get fit you might want a new career a new job you might want to set up your own business You might want a new relationship or enhance the relationship you're in at the moment. As I said, people are looking for change very often just in a couple of aspects of their lives. But the fact of the matter is that you can completely and utterly change your life and any aspect of it by taking one really simple step. I want to let you in on a little secret. It's not a secret at all, actually, if you've been listening to these podcasts. But to change your life, all you've got to do is turn up to it. Now, I need to obviously explain that a little or a lot. And to do that, we need to go back to basics. What do I even mean by turning up to your life? Well, if you are using your mind the way nature intended, now there is the rub, isn't it? Because nature developed our brains in a particular way to enable us to survive and make it through the day. That is not turning up to your life that's existing it's not living so if you're using your mind the way nature intended you are not present now your mind is analyzing that to which you are listening what i'm saying your mind is coming up with your own version of it you are judging it in fact you're not judging it at all you're prejudging it because you are prejudiced by the same thoughts that you have been thinking subconsciously every day since you were 12 or 13 years old, the thoughts that you learned when you were young and impressionable. If you're using your mind the way nature intended, those thoughts are ruling your life every day or actually ruining your life every day. Because your automatic pilot in your little automatic brain between your ears operating in a way to enable you survive, your automatic pilot is employing the same thoughts day in, day out since you were 12 or 13. There isn't a single original thought in your head 
from after that period in your life. Everything is regurgitated. And even though you might think that you're experiencing new things today or you've met new people today, you haven't because your prejudiced mind using those thoughts automatically will have categorized any new event or any new person that you've met into a little pigeonhole in your head to enable you react to what you think is going on automatically. Let me put it in starker terms. When we use our minds normally, the way nature intended, we are absent from our own lives. We are wading through the treacle of annoyance, frustration, anxiety, struggle and stress that the normal brain produces as a result of the way in which it operates automatically. We are always looking for the threats in our lives. That's an evolutionary thing. We are always looking at things from a negative perspective. That's an evolutionary thing too, because being more negative keeps us on our toes better, all the better prepared for the threats that might end our life today. That's obviously an evolutionary thing too. Let me go back to the little secret that I shared with you a minute ago to change any aspect of your life or to transform your life, all you have to do is turn up to it. That means that you need to stop using your mind normally. It also means that you need to get your head around certain truths. Let's deal with the most fundamental of those truths first. You are the most important person in your life. Now, an awful lot of people think that what I've just said is selfish. But let's tease what I've just said out in a little more detail. Let's start with something that I've heard again and again over the almost 27 years that I've been working with people to enable them gain control of the all-important piece of equipment between their own two ears. I've heard it again and again and again when I've said to people, you need to stop using your mind normally. You need to stop operating on automatic pilot. You need to stop merely surviving and making it through the day. You need to take control of your own state of mind and start living your life to the full. I've heard again and again and again the reaction to that is, oh, I'll do it for my children or I'll do it for my wife or my boyfriend or my girlfriend. I'll do it for my loved ones. Somehow thinking, there's an important word, that they're not worthy enough to do it for themselves. Now, if you have ever said to yourself, I'll do this for the children, for example, that's rubbish. That's a lie. It is fundamentally flawed because if you don't realize how important you are in your life first, if you don't love yourself first, you're not in a position to love anyone else. I can even quote the Bible on that one. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, I don't like myself. I don't like my neighbors either. You see, the point is that, as I said a moment ago, people think they are not good enough to love themselves. A particular conversation springs to mind that I had with a client online a couple of years ago. In the middle of one of our early conversations, I said to her, do you love yourself? And she said, what do you mean? I said, no, let me go a step further and ask you the question that I meant to ask you in the first place. Do you unconditionally love yourself? Her reply was, 
I don't understand the question. When we learned all our formative stuff, when the thoughts that I mentioned earlier on that are now used by our automatic pilot were implanted in our brains in the first place through a process known as snapshot learning when we were young and impressionable, when we learned all of this stuff first, we were told we were unworthy. We were taught that we needed to improve ourselves. Think of the proposition that the whole self-help and personal development industry is built on. You need to develop yourself. You need to help yourself. You need to improve yourself. You need to grow yourself. You need to do none of the above because you were perfect in the first place. It's just that you had it drummed out of you. First of all, by little things. Like, for example, you cried as an infant and nobody came to your aid. Or somebody was mean to you in preschool. And then you started proper school and you were told to keep quiet, sit in line and follow the rules. Then you were quite possibly educated from a religious perspective. And you were told, and I'm being blunt about this from my own background and the background of many of people with whom I've worked, you were told that you were a hopeless sinner in need of redemption. You were also told that if you had fun in this life, you're in serious trouble in the next life. Now, I know the messages were couched in a different way, but there was a subtle and sometimes not so subtle underlying message running through everything, a theme that ran through all your formative education. In other words, you learned about yourself in a self-demeaning way. You learned of your inadequacies through the snapshots that you took that made you feel bad about yourself when you were young and impressionable. And psychology tells us that we were always more likely to take negative snapshots than positive snapshots because, as I said earlier on, from an evolutionary perspective, when we are more negative, when we are more tuned into the potential threats around us, we are the better able to avoid the threats that might get us into serious difficulty, the life-ending threats that we would have encountered when we were hunter-gatherers. So to come back to the first fundamental point that I was making, you are the most important person in your life and you need to love yourself. This is the exact opposite of selfish. And people who tell me that they think what I've just said is selfish have misinterpreted what I've just said. Because an awful lot of people will say to me, I need to build my self-esteem. Or I lack self-confidence. I need to build confidence. There are a variety of different ways in which we can think about putting ourselves down. But they all boil down to me thinking that I need to build myself up because I am unworthy in the first place. The person that you would be building up through, for example, building your self-confidence or heightening your self-esteem isn't you. It is who you think you are. It is what is known in psychology as your conceptual self, what used to be called your personality or your ego, the noise in your head. The person who shouts loudest at you, who isn't entitled to shout at you at all because he or she knows nothing because here in the 21st century, they are using experiences from which they learned that are decades out of date back in the last century. 
The conceptual self is, as the name suggests, just a bundle of concepts. This is the imaginary person in our own heads that gives us the sense that we are suffering from low self-esteem or lack self-confidence, and that as a result of that, we are unworthy of our own unconditional love. That person only exists when you give that person your attention. Which brings me right back to the first point that I made in today's episode. When you're using your mind normally, the thoughts that give you all of those negative impressions are the thoughts to which your automatic pilot is automatically giving almost all of your attention every waking moment of every day. You need to get over your conceptual self. You don't need to get over yourself. You need to get over your conceptual self. You need to understand that you need to be fully at ease with who you really are first before you can be present for those around you. Now, the second little secret goes back to the first little secret. The minute I begin to turn up to my life, I begin to become acquainted with who I really am. The cloak of inadequacy begins to fall away. The scales begin to fall from my eyes. The veil that separates me from the real world, the veil of thought, begins to dissipate. How do we do this? How do we turn up to our own lives? How do we come into the here and now? How do we begin to become acquainted with ourselves? We train ourselves, or should I say, retrain ourselves to pay attention to something other than that to which our automatic pilot gives all of our attention. In other words, we need to drag our attention away from the thoughts that hold us back. Now, as an aside, let's pause for a minute, because most people won't be aware of the thoughts that hold them back. You'd really need to have to sit down and think about it, except in the course of our normal everyday lives, sometimes we are all too painfully aware that we are tripping ourselves up or that we are getting in our own way or that we are holding ourselves back. But mostly we are just going about our day thinking that we're living blissfully, and that's clearly not the right word, letting the moments of our lives pass by. We train ourselves or retrain ourselves to pay attention to what is real by using our five senses. You see, normally a load of information comes into us through our five senses and we use the prejudiced thoughts that we learned during our formative years to reinterpret what our five senses is telling us and make up our own version of reality and in the process, miss the actual reality of the here and now. As I said, you won't normally be aware of this because it happens so automatically and it is so normal. It's been happening automatically for you since the onset of puberty, since you stopped being a young and impressionable child. So you may not be aware of this at all, but I'm telling you, all of the research and all of the most recent evidence from neuroscience shows 
that the normal mind used in the normal way automatically enables you make it through the day without a single iota of an idea of what is actually going on during the course of your ordinary everyday life. In other words, you're missing your life. Let's go back to what I said at the beginning when we talked about the little secret. To change your life, all you have to do is turn up to it. When we use our minds normally, we are doing the exact opposite. The things that will enable you change your life, the events that will enable you change your life, the little coincidences and synchronicities that will enable you change your life, the opportunities that will enable you change your life are looking at you. They're slapping you across the face and you can't feel it for the simple reason that you're not there when you're using your mind normally. We have to retrain ourselves to pay attention to the reality of what our five senses is telling us. We have to actually retrain ourselves to see, feel, hear, smell and taste what is actually going on now. I've probably said retrain half a dozen times at this stage. But the great thing is you already know how to do this because we all did it when we were young and impressionable. We were all, all present, in particular when we were two or three or four years old. If you have young children or if you know young children or you can cast your mind back to when your children were young, picture a child on Christmas morning totally immersed and engrossed in his or her presence, totally immersed to the point of being lost in the moment. Now, actually, they've found themselves in the moment because they're completely there. This is how we operated when we were young and impressionable. The problem with that when we were young and impressionable was we were so open, so immersed in the here and now, that when people did things to us, they made and left an impression on us because of the openness of our minds. We didn't have the experience that we think we now have, and it's an interesting one we could have a whole conversation about, but we didn't have enough experience to know, I won't take that negative psychological snapshot because it'll damage me in later life. We were just present. We were soaking up stuff like a sponge. But the great advantage of that is that we don't have to train ourselves as adults to do something new. All we have to do is retrain ourselves so we can go back to our true nature. There's only one way of doing this, and that is why I'm always hammering on about meditation. There is only one way of enabling you take control of your ability to pay attention. Only one way, and that is meditation. There is only one way of you enabling yourself to take control of your state of mind. In other words, manage what is going on in your head, and that is meditation. When we meditate, we turn on what is known in psychology as the attentional spotlight. It is our ability to focus. Now, people often get confused as to what the word focus actually means. You know, people say to me, oh, I'll focus on my goals. You can't focus on your goals because goals are things that haven't happened yet. And focus is a now thing. Even if you look at the Oxford English dictionary definition of focus. It says giving all of your attention to what you're doing now. 
it's very close to the University of Massachusetts Medical School definition of mindfulness, deliberately giving all of your attention to the here and now non-judgmentally. The non-judgmental bit is not in the Oxford English Dictionary definition, but it alludes to the point I made earlier on about us being prejudiced, using our thoughts to judge or prejudge everything that is going on. Mindfulness or focus takes your prejudice out of the picture entirely, takes your thought-fueled judgment out of the picture entirely, so that without being hamstrung by your own prejudiced judgment, you actually innately know what is going on in the here and now as a result of you turning on your attentional spotlight and deciding as to where you will point it. You see, this goes back to the point I made about children, young children, a few minutes ago. When we were young and impressionable, our attentional spotlight was on, but we didn't know where to shine it. If we did, we wouldn't have taken the negative psychological snapshots. We'd no idea how to control our attentional spotlight. It was on all of the time, like the spotlight in a lighthouse going round and round, soaking up anything and everything that was thrown in our general direction. When we meditate... As adults, not only do we turn on our attentional spotlight, but for the first time in our lives, we take control of that on which we will shine our attentional spotlight. That's a game changer. And once that game is changed, your life changes. Why is it changed? Because you've turned up to it. By being totally immersed in what you're seeing, feeling, hearing, smelling and tasting, in the here and now, you are present. You have what we colloquially call presence. We all know people who have presence. They're attractive. It's nice to be around people with presence. We can not become one of those people. We can re-become one of those people because it's in our true nature to be present in the moment. It's only the crap that we learned during our formative years, during the education that we talked about earlier on. It's only the crap that fed our prejudgmental thoughts that has distanced us from being totally present to our lives in the here and now, totally attractive in our lives in the here and now. And by attractive, I mean attracting into your life the events, the coincidences, the synchronicities, the people, and the opportunities that you need to move your life in the direction that is best for you. This is different from saying to yourself, oh, I want this, that, or the other, because most people want something because they think they want it because they've seen someone else who they think is happy and successful having it, and they want a bit of that. I'm not talking about what you think you want. I'm talking about living your life to the full. I'm talking about you having health, wealth, freedom of mind, carefreeness, effortlessness in your life to enable you move forward effortlessly into a world that your prejudiced thinking mind could never even begin to imagine. So where have we got to so far? Secret number one, to transform your life, you just have to turn up to it. Secret number two, you are the most important person in your life. Not the person you thought you were, the real you. 
Secret number three, you turn up to your life by paying attention to what is going on in the here and now. First of all, the retraining process through meditation can be slow. And some people will say to me, oh, I don't feel that I'm getting the benefit out of my meditation. And consequently, a lot of people who have picked up meditation, put it down again and lose their lives again. The fact of the matter is, though, that the minute you start meditating, you start restructuring your brain. After eight weeks, your attentional spotlight will be a different shape to that which it was before you started using it in your life. The subcortical brain will be a different shape to the way it was before you didn't really use that part of your brain at all. This is one of the most important parts of your brain because this is the part of your brain that when it's tuned in, knows exactly what's going on and knows exactly what you need to do in the here and now to enable you get to where you want to go or if I use the words I used a couple of minutes ago, to get to where is best for you, to get to where your heart desires. Now, what does that actually mean? Because sometimes when I use that expression, or I use another expression as well, to get the kind of life you'd love to live, people say to me, oh, now you're getting all mushy. Now you've gone off into the realms of kind of vague ideas. You've left the science behind. No, I haven't left the science behind. Because your instinctive self which from a neurological point of view is situated in the subcortical brain, your instinctive self knows what is best for you. At a most fundamental level, and this is built into us from an evolutionary perspective, what is best for you today, known to the subcortical brain, is that you don't die today. But we, once we take control of our state of mind, once we restructure our attentional spotlight, once we restructure our subcortical brain, we can reset the subcortical brain to enable it, enable us, move forward effortlessly in our lives moment to moment, knowing, because we're present, the right things to do, the wrong things that we should obviously avoid doing. And the same goes for saying, by the way, the right things to say and the times at which we should keep our mouths shut so that we are always the right person in the right place at the right time, moving forward into a world, as I said, that your thinking mind, the part of you that you have been using to try to change your life up to now, God help you, that part of your mind couldn't imagine what you and I are actually talking about now. You've got to let yourself out, your real self. You've got to let yourself go. You've got to let the conceptual self go away. You have got to turn up to your life. You've got to become present in the here and now. There is only one secret to living your life to the full, your way, effortlessly. And that is turning up to it moment to moment, now to now. Because the other key secret that you need to understand is that your life is lived now. And only now. And only now. This is your life. And you'll only live it to the full when you fully turn up to the here and now. Hope you got a little something out of that. Thanks for listening in. I'll be back next week. And of course, all of the secrets that I've just mentioned, they're not secrets at all. They are things that come naturally to us when we decide 
I am going to take control of my state of mind. I am going to turn up to my life. I'm going to take control of my life. I'm going to live it my way. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-horton.com.